What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Very good evening, Mark and Blood and David Rudy. Yes, Blighty's back, all thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Polaris, the MY23 plate clearance on now. Save up to $3,000 on selected models. Where do we start as a welcome back, Malcolm Blight? I know where we start. start. The Matildas. <laughs> yes, David. Hi, how everyone? Um, yeah, they're back. They're back. 7-6 in a shootout. Obviously, half of Australia watched it, and there'll probably be more next Wednesday night watching the semi-final be England. I watched most of it, and the Crows were on it just before, to a similar yeah. time, waited for that. Then the penalty shootout. We're at a restaurant, and I'm trying to look at my phone. I'm seeing 1-0 France, 2-1 France, 2 all, and you don't know who's whether there's been penalties missed or that. So France had chances to win as well oh, as yeah. Australia. Yep, yep. In fact, there were 20 penalties, David, uh, and 13 scored. Seven were saved. The goalkeepers were brilliant. Now, some didn't quite hit it right. Sometimes the goalkeeper guessed Read right. right. Guess, guess right. But uh, in the end, that one. And I looked it up. I, I went back to 1970 when this shootout started for a penalty shootout because there were so many games. Like We had two hours, 90 minutes of real time, 15 minutes either way, two hours of nothing. That's so what they do before the shootout. Just keep playing. They, they kept playing, yeah. Just and then to they would get to a, to a score, yeah. I, you know, one of the I, I read something on this, and you know what I'd like after seeing that. I mean, it's great television. It's it's you know it's it's it, it's gripping. However, someone suggested taking one off after five minutes each, then taking two off, Ooh. then taking three off, and I, that would see the drama of that. When I read that, I thought, well, they're not going to change it now. But I think that would have been a better way to go yeah. from my point of view. But the thing More is, exciting. yeah, two hours of no score. That's why our game, that's why we've got one of the best games in the world, because we score. Yeah. But good luck to the girls. We'll all be barracking for them, uh, for Sam Kerr and the team. Now. Wednesday night, play England. Yep. They win that to a final on the Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Now, Incredible. T- terrific, terrific. Name. And I must say, too, congratulations to our Premier of South Australia, Pilo Malinowskis turns 43 today. Is that right? Yeah. They're going to say congratulations to the Diamonds, well, well, who seem to have been yeah, swept under the rug. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, they've won the World Championship again, and we're going to have a holiday maybe if the girls win. That's fine. But what about what about our netball girls, who've been fantastic for many, many years? Amazing. What about our Prime Minister Albanese, all this public holiday and one of the girls, a former goalkeeper, said, Don't worry, just give us some F and money. Don't worry about holidays. Like she was she was very, very straight shooter. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. now so we do have a couple of footy teams here that we do like talking about and a lot of the state does. Port Adelaide had a great win over they were GWS good yesterday. And Adelaide had lost another close one against the Brisbane. Now let's go back to Port I just I'm really interested in the Ken Hinkley thing. I've said why don't you put him on staff and all the contract stuff. Uh, there's a lot of talk about maybe Josh Carr, maybe him, a handover, all, all of that. I don't above. like handovers. No, neither do I. Uh, so, but I think what we should do is let's have a listen to what Ken Hinckley has to say on the contract talks so far. Clearly, everyone would be talking around. They said, "Look, we've been talking. That's that's the great part for us at the moment. We've we've made some, you know, we've had some initial chats, and we've we'll progress there." 
I couldn't imagine our progress would take a long time. Uh, I think it's just a matter of making sure that we've got everything in place that we need to and we'll, we'll move forward with that. I've said myself plenty of times, love to be around, love to be a part of Port Adelaide. They've been incredible support to me, so hopefully that continues. Can't see them changing, can you? He deserves two years. When you finish second, now who knows what's going to happen in the finals, but he's done a really good job again. No one really had bought for first or second this year. Now, probably, I, I think they can win their last two and, and finish second because Brisbane and Melbourne have got tough draws as well. He deserves two years. Um, I don't like the handover to you know Josh Carr. What, what if you win a premiership another one? Remember, Malthouse Buckley yeah. worked out so poorly. And yet, the Paul Ruse, John Lomai one Went worked well. out. So, I mean, I don't think there's a right answer to that, but I just think that um, the longevity and the fact that we, you know, I mean, those kids in the midfield, Rosie Butters, Jason Horn, Francis, throw in William Drew. Were you saying their efficiency you, was uh, so good? Yeah, no. You got some this, numbers there? I have, I have got some numbers, but before I do that, because I want to compare them to the Adelaide Football Club, and I also want to hear what Matthew Nix, the coach of the club, says about his team this year. We've got all the ingredients there. Uh, we, we're not getting it done. So, so we've just got to get better. We, we want to be a great team. At the moment, we're a good team. In fact, we're, we're a very good team. Taking it up to the best all year. That was part of our goal this year was to challenge the best. We're doing that. But we want to be better than what we are at the moment. So, so there's a lot of disappointed people in our change rooms because um, it was an opportunity. Yeah, it was an opportunity. They've had a lot, David. Now, one of the things is, I think I said somewhere between eight and ten wins, maybe they'll get 11. So, so, so the year is a step forward for the Adelaide Football Club. But I'll tell you why it's not a step forward. And this is the reason why they are where they are, having to win the last two games and waiting for someone else to lose. That is, Sydney or the Western Bulldogs to lose. You know, they've lost ten games. In seven of those games, seven of those games, they've kicked more points than goals. Got that? Pretty clear stat. Yep. But this is the killer. In five of them, they've had more scoring shots than the opposition. Which would be very rare, wouldn't it? Yeah. To have that yeah, of percentage. Of course. So, I, I mean, that's that to me says, now, I'm sure that Matthew, I've heard Matthew say it many times, and they probably are, they're having a lot of shots at goal. I think I heard Rory Laird said, I haven't had a shot at goal for a while in a game from 30 metres out. Well, you should be practising that every week. Every player on the list should be practising that. Every midfielder, half-back flankers even. Maybe your full-back doesn't. But they're the list, and you've got to do it properly, and you've got to do it with people on the mark, and you've got to do it every day. I Can I just – and I've said this a few times. I hadn't said it for ages. This is not having a shot at Adelaide. This is actually trying to say you can get better – yeah. Matthew Nix, you can get your team better. Other than when you do touch, you know, at training and warm-ups, every, every, every exercise I did as a coach, finish with a goal. Isn't that what you're trying to do? Mm. Doesn't matter if you've got this backline play, someone kicks a goal at the end. So blokes practice it. And all of a sudden you've got 40 blokes looking at you when you're having that shot at goal to finish off. Yeah. And I just don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not having... I just don't go to training here because we, we're here and they're there. What were the percentages like for Port? Because Port, I thought the Port midfield butters and um, Rosie in particular and Horn Francis hardly missed a target. Well, I've, funny enough, the disposal efficiency. Here we go. This is the comparison I wanted to do and let you know. Butters had 85% and just wear, bear with us here. Rosie, 83%. Yeah. Drew, 81 
Houston, 83. Bergman from the wing with three goals, 80. Now, their worst one was Horn Francis at 78. Which is not bad. Which is not bad. He has his best game, I thought. Yeah. Now, this is, this is the Adelaide midfield. I know it's different teams, and I know it's different teams to play against. Rory Laird, 65%. Now, I want to get back to him in a minute. 14 kicks and 20 handballs. 65%. He's, he's, he look, he's a good hitting, player. He should be hitting a target with a handball. Yeah, right. Matt Crouch, who's been sent to Siberia <laughs> forever, yep. who I thought the Crows' best player, He's he was eighty eight percent, so heaps more. He had eight kicks and twenty five handles, so not dissimilar in the ratio. Yep. Schonberg seventy one percent, Dawson seventy nine, and Saligo, who played a bit through the midfield seventy five. The difference between Port Adelaide and Adelaide now is goal kicking one, two, use of the ball out the midfield, and I'm just starting to worry. I love Rory Laird as a player. We've all done it. He's won a couple of best and fairest, all of that sort of stuff. But his distribution rate out of the middle either has to improve dramatically for that team, and he's going to be around for the next two or three, mm. four years, hopefully. He can get better at that, not just give the ball to blokes standing flat-footed. Start to do what Matt Crouch is doing, run with the footy and create. Just like Butters, just like Rosie, just like Horn Francis. Can I throw something here? I, I agree. I think he's, he's been All-Australian halfback, uh, Rory Laird. Could he go down back? means you're going to have to take someone out. It won't be Miller. He's playing well. Yep. Could Mitch Hinch be yeah. that big body? He's a beautiful kick. He's strong. He's tall. Why not? Could, it, could he become a midfielder? Yes, he could. And, and Yes, he could. And and I just think, and look, I get the respect that Rory Laird deserves. Yes. No doubt about it. He's a very good player. But unless you're going to start to distribute the ball, and I know it's two games to go, da 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 they're going to play Sydney and West Coast Eagles. They need to win both to make the eight. Yeah, probably. It's, there's got to be a couple others lose, though. Exactly. But, I mean, they'll beat West Coast Eagles, you'd think. But in Sydney, I mean, if, if you're not distributing the ball, better than 65%. This is only one game. You can have a look for the year. You can get all the trends, everything you like. But you can see it with your own eyes. For, for as good as he's been, distribution's got to be better. Let's take a quick call from John. John, good evening. Hello, David Malcolm. Hey, fellas. Um, yeah, good, thanks. Hey, um, just on, on Matthew Nix and whatever else, in the early days, I'm a port man, but I used to begrudgingly have respect for the club. They're always competitive. They never liked second prize or the rest of it. But Matthew Nix, am I, am I being harsh? Is he bloody soft, to be totally honest? He's a hard player himself. I saw him play at Sydney. Um, he's a great bloke, but if anybody else is serving up those results, those results, potentially... I realize his chances here to make the finals. But potentially missing four, four finals in a row. If that was a big mold house, they'd been run out of town two years ago. Your thoughts. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, he started from the bottom, though, Matty Nix. He's, he's done better. Adelaide had done better than I thought because they easily could have won four or five more games, which they didn't, but they've been in those games. Yeah, but that's true. No, you're quite right, David. Now, it's a bit harsh. I, I, think, I think now, as you start to knock on the eight, and you've actually had this development. You're going to have four years. So next year's Has five years. Yeah. So expectations yeah. rise. Yes, they do. Yeah, I'm happy and, with that. And, and until, until you sort out that midfield, have better distribution, and or get your goal kicking better, you won't. I'll guarantee you now, if those numbers come up next year, you'll stay about the same, about the same place. Well said. Now, injury update, thanks to Booper. Switch to Booper. Can starts outstanding value health insurance for 2022. Chad Wingard looks like an Achilles. Yeah. Ruptured it. Yeah, Boy, I did saw that. He's 30-31. Is that yeah. career over? 
They're, they're buggers of things to come back from. Oh. Uh, Jack Gunston also hurt himself. Daniel Rich, they've both missed the remaining two weeks of the home away. Uh, Gunston, MCL strain. Rich re-injuring his hamstring. I think his career could be over as well. All that thanks to Booper. Join almost 4 million Australians and prepare for life with Booper. Biggest life happens. Paddy McCartan. Yeah. Retirement. Sad, but 68. Yeah, 63 games only. He, he, he was better than that, wasn't he? Just injury, oh, concussion. Number one draft pick. Yeah. And just... Just bangs his head. Yeah, in. I, I, I've actually followed him because I actually coached his father in the Geelong Reserves ah. all those years ago. And Nick Nat, he's finished too. Yeah, what a what an unusual play. He, he was a one of a kind, wasn't he? That oh. massive leap and that beautiful handwork, yeah. palm work, set up a lot of great wins for the West Coast Eagles. And I, I think in the last three years they've probably missed him. A two hundred game player, two hundred and thirteen games, but he he was something special when he was as a ruckman, as we used to know him. Agree. All that for Booper. Join almost 4 million Australians to prepare for life for Booper because life happens. Hey, coming up on the show, thanks to Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023, Glenelga 14-2. Yes, Crows beat them. They lost their first game of the year to Sturt. They're 14-2. They're flying. Lee McBean, state captain, yep. a wonderful player. And Jimmy Tumpus will give his thoughts on round 22, in particular the Crows and Power. And also coming up, your Kia Top 7. Back with more shortly. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Sports ASA for Kia, the Kia Sorento, Kia official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup. How good has that been? Go the Matildas. FIFA <laughs> Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide. Tan Tanya, visit fifa.com slash tickets. Got a text in. Right? You can always text in on 1300 736. In fact, it's 0427 154 That's the text line. And, and I think it is Jason has said, come on, you two. The Giants played like witches' hats. I, look, I tend to agree. They were off. Yeah, they were. They weren't. Oh. They're good players, didn't play well, but sometimes you've got to say, well done to Port Adelaide. The pressure, Port's pressure early was enormous. Like, I, just quick, I, I just fast. Said, I, I thought their first quarter was great. Probably as good as one they played all year. A couple of news grabs. Uh, James Warple's re-signed on yeah. a two-year deal with Hawthorne. Played and well yesterday, too. West Coast Elijah Hewitt uh, named the round 22 rising star. Well, that's one bit of good news because they, it's been one of the worst seasons, perhaps the worst season I reckon I've ever seen West Coast. It's graceful. Absolutely disgraceful this year. And uh, if it was Fitzroy back in the mid-90s, mate, they wouldn't be here. That's... Okay, you've got the Kia top seven. Yeah, here we go. We talked about it earlier, but number seven is well done to Nick Natanui. He was he was something extraordinary in the game again. Did he, he didn't play in the premiership, did he? Uh, did he miss? Did he miss that? Yeah, I think he did, didn't he? They said Vardy. Good... Yeah, they had Vardy. Vardy and, yeah. Um... yeah, he was wounded. He's had a lot of injury. And Lysette? Yeah. Number six in the tier top seven. Yep. Oh, Lysette played in it. Of course yeah. he did. Yeah, no, Dick didn't. Number six, well done to the Port Adelaide midfield. We've got to give credit where credit's due. Those kids are great. Is it the youngest midfield you've seen of yeah, quality, three quality, quality ones? Rosie, Butters and Horn yeah. Francis. Uh, you go back to the Melbourne Premiership, you'd have to I know Oliver Viney, and Petrarca. Yeah, but they had Viney and, yeah. and others. Oh, it's the youngest I've seen. Yeah, it is. Top seven, Kia. Number five, well done to Collingwood. Bounce back back on top of the ladder. Hard to do, David, against the Cats. Good game. They lost Darcy Moore yeah, early. Yeah, all and of that. no Nick Dacos. No, agree. Now, number four in the top seven. Well done to the Brisbane Lions. 
uh, over Adelaide. Oh, I th- well, you got to you got to acknowledge they limped them. over the line, yeah, but they got across the line. Should have been well done, Adelaide. Yeah, should have been. Should have been. Probably that's what I wanted you to say. Yeah, no, I thought. I thought. I'm not sure about Brisbane. I know we've. Um, tip, I tip Brisbane to go top, and they still can. Yeah, of course they can. But I uh, just we just read out Gunston and Daniel Rich probably out for the year too. Yep, uh, number three in the top seven. Well done to Ross Lyon and St Kilda. Twelve wins so far. It's up to them to play in the finals, and that's a bit of a turnaround, isn't They've it? They've got Geelong at Geelong, Brisbane in Brisbane. Yeah, pretty tough. They could well miss the finals. That'd could. be. But would you have thought? Would you have them at twelve nah. wins? No, of course not. And he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah, so far I said. And well done, well done. Eight in a row. Michael Voss, Carlton. They're going to play finals. They're going to play finals. I'll probably finish fifth, I think, Carlton. Yeah. I noticed there's a theme on, on well done here too. But yeah. um, Carlton, could could there be a side outside of the top four this year, like the Bulldogs did in 16? Well, you actually did it with a different uh, finals setup, didn't you? you yes, we Outside did. the top four? Yes. Fifth, Both times? Fifth. No, fourth and a fifth. Fourth and fifth. Could could we could Carlton do it, Blighty? Why They're couldn't a they? They're eight, eight in a row they've won. Eight and, in a row. And they've got... Chera, Walsh, Walsh, Harry Mackay to come back. back in. Yeah. Whether, does, whether does Harry... Well, that's a really good question. Does he come back in or doesn't he? Might depend on his fitness, what his form's like. You know, sometimes you pick a bloke from training. Just the way they hit the ball and attack the ball. It'll be interesting to see. Now, number one in the Kia top seven. Here, David, listen to this. The Matildas. Oh, fantastic. Versus France. Yeah. That is the top... Effort of the week, isn't it? Tell us about the penalty shootout. As I said, I I was looking at it on my phone and it only gives you you know one one two one two all three two and no idea what's happened if anyone's missed. But you said there were a lot of misses. There were seven misses. And France had three yeah, chances yeah, to win, did they? Yeah, and so to, did Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll have to go back and think about it. But yeah, but in the end, in the end, um, the girl Vine. Now, I've just got the Christian name. Everyone out there, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, that in the background. <laughs> technology amazing. Yeah, technology is amazing. Now, so well done, Courtney Vine. Well done to Australia. Uh, but we do have a, some votes, David. Some votes in the best and fairest from the coaches' votes. Yeah. Amazingly. Uh, Hugh McCluggage played well. Harris Andrews at fullback saved them. I thought he was best. On, I would have given him the votes. And I thought McCluggage early kept yeah. them in the game. Crouch got four, best for Adelaide. Dawson, three. Keys, one. Shane McAdam, I thought, was lively. So they got votes as well. And in the Port Adelaide game, here they are. Jason Horn francis got seven. I thought Ollie's, that's Ollie Wine's best game I've yes. seen for a while. And Zach Butters got five. Connor Rosie, five. Dan Houston, five. And Miles Bergman, I always one. thought Horn francis was almost best. That's his best yeah. game he's played. Tick that box. First time he's actually got best on ground or, or close to it. Now, here we go. Nick Dacos still leads by seven only. Zach Butters is in second on 92. Seven votes. That's that's not even Butters one second. Go. Yep. Petrarca on 90. Barkas Bontempelli on 87. And Connor Rosie on 80. So two Port Adelaide, the two youngsters in the top five in the coaches' votes, David. Hawthorne winning could have cost Bontempelli a medal because Hawthorne will get the votes and maybe the Bont won't. But... Uh, I still think I don't think Dacos is going to win the medal now. The Brown Life, I think it will be Petrarca, Butters, or Bondampelli. Um, we're live from SEN Studio Lumo SA at One King William Street, empowered by Lumo Energy SA. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. Coming up, we've got Liam McBean. Also got Jimmy Tumpus, and uh, Jimmy Tumpus, yeah, had a career at both Port and Melbourne. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, Sports Day SA. 
the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back. Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blight and David Woody for Tire Power. Winter safety sale now on 25% off equivalent with four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tire Power, get your free five-minute safety check. Well, the power very good yesterday. Did the game and um, never looked like losing, Malcolm. Pretty well seven goals to three at quarter time. And they just kept that lead and increased it. Yeah, for a team that had actually, what, lost four games in a row, I mean, I thought their start was really good because GWS have been playing in reasonable nick too. So it was a fantastic, probably nearly their best quarter for, for quite a while. Well, man, that was a former power player and Demons player and Woodville West Torrance is Jimmy Tumpus. And he joins us now. Jimmy, thanks for your time. They were pretty impressive, Port. They were very impressive. Yeah, like you just said, Blighty, that first quarter, they were certainly electric. And uh, I think in the call, they, they kept referring to Port's pressure at the at the, um, at the Giants, and that was evident. And I think that's what probably got them over the line in the end. Now, I've, I, I think we've all been a wrap for the Port Adelaide midfield, you know, oh. the, the youngsters. Uh, it, they, are, they are electric. I think they're the goodest, goodest the best, best group in the competition. And the youngest. Mate. And the youngest. That's what I'm saying. I mean, even if you throw in William Drew, you know, you've got Rosie Butters. And Houston actually adds to that. And you've got now Bergman sitting on a wing kicking goals. Oh, they were good yesterday. Uh, aren't they electrifying to watch, Jimmy? They certainly are. I think Xavier Durson is another one who's, who yep. you can add to that list. He's missed a, a bit of the season and come back in on a wing. But they're, they're exceptional. I mean, I, I think I made the comment last week that you have Rosie Butters and Horn France as your starting midfield and you're going to you're going to give a, a fair shot at winning most games. Then you add, you know, Wines and Bogey, who didn't play yesterday. Will and Drew's having an exceptional year. So they bat really deep through the midfield. You, you look at the three, they're different in a way. Probably Rosie and Butters closer than Horn Francis. He's a ball, genuine ball, like oh. a young uh, Patrick Dangerfield. But Butters doesn't miss with his kick. I watch him every time he gets the ball, he does his little dinky kicks or a longer kick, hits the body. Rosie's all class, and, and Horn France is a very good kick too, isn't he? Run, he runs flat out, but he's still a very good kick. I think Jace Horn Francis at the start of the year was one of the most efficient kicks going inside 50 in the comp. I think there was a stat around that. So he is a, an exceptional kick, and I'm fortunate enough to go watch the boys train on a weekly basis, and particularly Connor and Zach. They, they train the way they play, and it's no wonder they're the players they are, they are just absolute flat knacker and they stand out exceptionally at, at training. So, but yeah, Zach Butter's kick, it is, it's so good to watch. And I think um, a, lot of, a lot of juniors are starting to replicate that, even out of training when, when we're training out at Wilbur West Torrance, you see some of the boys try and kick around their corner to replicate the kick. It's, it's bloody hard to do, but he seems to make it look very easy. It's interesting, we spoke about to David at the start of the show about the disposal efficiency, the difference. I know they're two different games and two different opponents, but the Port Adelaide disposal efficiency compared to Adelaide's. For instance, Butters and Laird play a similar role. Butters was at 85%, mm. Laird at 65%. You can go down the list. Dawson at 79 Rosie at 83 what you've seen out in the training track there, Jimmy, is, is true. It's showing up in the games. And that's the difference between the two teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Crows will certainly get there, Blighty. Like Jordan Dawson's one of the better kicks in the comp. And I think 75%, 79%'s a, a pretty good click. But, yeah, I mean, the standard that those two boys in, in Connor and, and Zach and then you add you know, Jace to that as well is exceptional. Um, maybe Laddie, he he's very inside and, and some of his kicks clearances. So maybe that might 
um, talked to his lack in efficiency, but yeah, the, the Port boys are super efficient. It's a great effort because I thought the Giants were off. They didn't play their best, but Port didn't have Charlie Dixon, didn't have their fullback, uh, Trent McKenzie, and they didn't have their first ruckman, Scotty Lysett. But it was other players that picked up the slack. Bergman's first quarter <laughs> was probably the best quarter for the year by anyone. Three goals from the wing, 11 possessions. Only got two for the next two and a half quarters, but um, it was exceptional that first quarter. Oh, gee, it, it was good to watch. Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to watch that one live. And, uh, oh, man, he was everywhere. He was getting touches left, right and centre. He, he's going to be a special talent. And I remember talking to Chris Davies at the start of the year. And, and, I mean, he's signed up now. But at this point in time, he wasn't signed with the club. And they really wanted to keep him. And, and quarters like that show you why. He is um, athletically gifted. I'd, I'd absolutely love to have his athletic ability, but his footy now is becoming really, really good as well. So he, he's going to be a, a fantastic player for a long period of time at Port Adelaide. Jimmy, I had the week off last week, but on the Thursday prior to going, we spoke to Miles Bergman and congratulated him on signing and just said it's almost like it's it, it's a big boost for him. He just he, He's found another gear in yeah. the last... It's amazing. That extra 10, 15 games from last year puts it on a player like him. Put a bit of weight he, too. Yeah, he has, yeah. So, I, just by the way, um, we talked at, once again at the start of the show. Rory Laird went at 65%. I know it's only one game. 65% of 14 kicks and 20 handballs. Matt Crouch, I thought he was nearly the Crows' best player. He went at 88% with eight kicks and 25 oh. handballs. I, I, Rory Laird has had this issue of just unloading the ball. I think they've got to find another way, either retrain him, just like Crouch, or move him back to half-back. I'm really I like him. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but his distribution of the ball to to set it up, the Crows kick a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he certainly has his strengths. Absolutely, his, his ability to actually get the ball and get at the player and put pressure on is is elite. Um, I, I don't think he's ever been renowned for his kicking. Um, I, I probably tend to agree with you there. There is talk, and I know a lot of people wouldn't mind putting him down back where. He was all Australian, so yeah, we'll see what the Crows do with him. Um, but you, you, you mentioned Matt Crouch; gee, he's having a, a good few weeks, and gee, be stiff not to get a contract sometime soon. If he doesn't get one here, he'll get he'll get one somewhere yeah, else. Now yeah, you're right; his, yeah. his last month has been good. Uh, the Jimmy Tumpus Crystal Ball. Looking forward, you see both Port Adelaide. <laughs> obviously, Port will be top four, but the Crows sneaking into that eighth spot. Oh, it's, they've made life very difficult. For themselves with that loss, I mean, they were uber competitive against Brisbane and they have been against those top four teams um, throughout the, the whole year. I think that was their biggest losing margin uh, to a top four team all year. So if they're, they're, it's going to be stiff. I think they're uh, two a game out or half a game out um, at the moment. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'll be optimistic and say yes, but it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, I, I, Jimmy, I, I really think it depends on what Sydney and Bulldogs do. Well, if Sydney Correct. beat Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide that's right. Gone. Yeah, that's right. So it's Adelaide and Melbourne, uh, and then the West Coast. I, I just, it's those two teams will dictate where Adelaide finish. If Sydney and Western Bulldogs win, good night. No, Sydney Dick. play Adelaide this week. Yeah, that's right. Right, but if they so, win, it's good night, Dick. Exactly. Adelaide. Yeah. If Adelaide win their last two, St Kilda and the Bulldogs can perhaps they have to lose their last, last two. two. That's right. That's so, how, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of biffs and butts. I've, I've got the machinations here, but it's not very good. I'll, sh- I'll show you on radio, Jimmy, but I can't. <laughs> it's, pro- yeah, it's probably not the thing to do. Would. Yeah, but I, I, I just think <laughs> that some of those close games they've won, with their kicking, 
particularly goal-kicking the Crows, has cost them dearly oh. for the season. And yet they're still a young team. Definitely, definitely. No, they, they are a, a very young team. And we speak to some of their injuries in, in Murray and Butts now, Tommy Duday down back. Um, that, that, that'll be good for a number of years. So I don't think Crows fans have too much to worry about. Um, but you do you do think it has been a bit of a missed shot this year. That They certainly have the list to, to do some damage this year. And I think their best is certainly... Um, good enough to scare a number of those top teams. So, yeah, it's never never nice coming into this time of season where you have to worry about different results going your way to make the finals. It would be nice if you just had to win and, and you could control your own destiny. But unfortunately, this is uh, the way footy goes. So they'll have to hopefully win a couple of games and, and hope that some results go their way. Now, as David mentioned at the start, being a former Melbourne player as well, you're interested... I. I picked them in Brisbane to play in the grand final. I thought with their form over the last couple of years, I thought they would be okay with it. Now, they probably still can still be. May. Still may. Still But, I, I mean, that win at loss, they're going to be top four. They're two games clear. And I, I still think they've got some upside with Oliver now coming back into the team. They've still got to sort out the Gorn-Grundy bit. So you keep an eye on them as well? I certainly do. Yeah, I'm still really close to the number of those players. Um I, I like I like Gorn by himself in the ruck. I, I think when he leads the charge, and we saw it prior to Grundy coming back into the team, he he was exceptional. So maybe Melbourne has to look at um, yeah what that looks like for them. I mean, Petty going down obviously hurts them, but I, I actually picked them at the start of the year to to make Grundy and win it um, as well, Whitey. So they're still my tip. I'm I'm still going to stick with them. I think their best is probably the best in the comp from what I've seen, just based on their contest work. You look at Viney, Petrarca, Oliver. That's just as good um, as, as Rosie Butters, Horn Francis, um, in, in its different way. So, yeah, they're going to be tough to beat if they click. Um, they just haven't seemed to fully click just yet back to what they were when they won the flag. But, yeah, I certainly do keep an eye on them. There's no clear-cut favourite, I think, anymore. No. Perhaps Collingwood are maybe. But, uh, Jimmy, I reckon it's one of the best seasons we've seen for a long while, given the fact that, you know, eight teams can fit into those last two or three spots and the league would be loving. It's going to come down to perhaps the last two games on the on the Sunday and the final round. Oh, definitely. I think it's, it's absolutely one of the best seasons we can remember in a, in a long time. We, we talk about, you know, the, the, the final eight, but I think in terms of that grand final winner, you, you look at the top four as it is at the moment with Port Collingwood, Brisbane and Melbourne, you could almost put a blanket on, on those four, maybe Collingwood edge the rest of them out. But then Carlton at the moment, that's the form they're in. They've just knocked off Melbourne, beat Collingwood last week, and they play Port, I believe, as well soon. So that'll be interesting. There's probably five teams that you could mount a case at a genuine grand finalist. So it is absolutely riveting. Like It's, it's great football at the moment. Now, being an elite sportsman, how, how do you go with the Matildas? Have you got wrapped up in the whole thing like the rest of the country? It's hard not to, right? It's absolutely hard yeah. not to. I had a few mates over my place watching the uh, watching the Matildas play, and, and we're all footy lovers as well. And to be honest with you, they're live. I don't think I watched a second of the Crows-Brisbane game because I was just absolutely enthralled in the soccer. It was outstanding. Um, speaking with Jimmy Rowe yesterday as well, he was the same. Um, we were both on our... On our couch, is just glued to the TV. It's um, exceptional, and, and, gee, it's good for the country. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's been a great year, and thanks for the chat. No worries, guys. Take care. That's Jimmy Tumpus there, and, yeah, played for Melbourne in the power, and uh, he knows his footy, but oh, where do you rate the season in, in terms of 
perhaps excitement or unknowns. Yeah, I, I, I just wait to the finals. You know, as as the as they get closer, I mean, there's so much sport going on around the country, and obviously we were really good at it, at some of it. And I just wait and think now: is this going to unfold that Collingwood are just going to walk away with this, or is it still Brisbane, Melbourne, Port Adelaide? Can we get Port Adelaide up? Can Carlton keep going? Well, Carlton are so, form side, aren't yeah, they? They are, and and St Kilda have done better than probably most people thought. Yeah. So I. I'd like to wait to the final series sort of gets going and you can see when it happens. One loss in the finals and a couple of bad games and all of a sudden it turns sour. And you think Collingwood will get more in uh, Dacos back? That's in a month's time? Yeah, maybe. If that's going to be early more. enough. Oh, Who's yeah. a bigger loss? Probably Darcy Moore. Um, I tell you, can, he, can I just say, I just thought he'd form had dropped off for two or three weeks too, by the way. And so had Nick, Nick Dacos. Dacos. Yeah. 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 So they need him back, though, don't they? Well, they need him back in form. It's a trick. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm Jimmy Tumpus to Liam McBean, Glenelg star, two gear for winter at Toolkit Depot with a huge range of outdoor power equipment and winter workwear. Uh, let's welcome Liam. Gee, you look at um, Glenelg 14 and 2, ah. and they haven't done a lot wrong. Liam, thanks for your time. How are you? Going very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, when you look at this then, the Premiership year and a losing grand final team, where do you rank this one, Liam? Are you different coaches, obviously, you've got a lot of different players, but how does it rate uh, in those three teams, the loss, the win, and, and now this year? I think in terms of the, the overall depth of our squad, um, I believe to be stronger than the other years that we've sort of fought for, for a Premiership. I think the Mark Stone era in 2019, we had a lot of experience. Um, across different layers, and um, I think you know that was obviously a, a terrific year. In 2021, we had some really fantastic top-end talent, and um, our reserves won the flag that year, so we had some great depth. But I think this year, in terms of the maturity, the overall maturity of the group, um, I've been really, really impressed with some of our younger players who have come in immediately and made impact. And we've still been out of blood, you know, quite a few debutants this year as well, despite the winning form. So, um, yeah, really, really pleased where we're at so far from that perspective. Yeah, please you are. 150% on the ladder. I mean, that's impossible. I mean, you know, in a really, really hot competition, I mean, that's that's amazing. And their point's four. Now, look, I had a look today. You know, there were three of you in the top four in the leading goal kicker in the Sandville. Lockie Hosey's got 45. You've got 39. And Luke Reynolds got 34. Three of the top four. I don't remember that ever in any competition anywhere in the world. It's an amazing, amazing <laughs> achievement from the three of you. Yeah, it's been a great year so far. Um, I mean, you know, from our perspective as a forward line group, we rely heavily on up the ground, getting as much source as we possibly can um, from our midfield. And we've had a real focus this year on playing front half football and trying to um, maximise our return by turning the ball over closer to the goal. And I think that's the way that the game has been played. And, you know, as you mentioned, the three of us have been beneficiaries of really good work up the field. But we've played together for a number of years now, which means that we, um, you know, we certainly collaborate really well. We understand, you know, who's got the best matchup at, at each individual time. So we always like to play to each other's strengths. And, and, you know, when you play with each other so long, you've got that predictability aspect as well, which means you know what, what each other are going to try to do. So, um, yeah, it's been a great year so far for the three of us. But, um, yeah, yeah, Alan kicks a lot of work goes. Alan kicks six goals. I want to go back to round nine. Malcolm and I were just astonished with the scoreline. You take on Sturt, who were undefeated at the time, 23-12 to 6-9. Liam, is that one of the games, yeah, we all have them, uh, maybe one in a lifetime where everything went right? I mean, everybody was staggered at the that you could win by, what, 105 points. Just an incredible result against an undefeated team. 
Yeah, I think it, it certainly felt like that on the day that, you know, there wasn't much that was really going wrong across the board. Um, we were able to obviously capitalise. Uh, we, we kicked really, really straight across the day. Um, I think really we, we adjusted well to the conditions because it was a bit blustery on the day. And I think when we kicked, I think, six or seven goals against the wind in the second quarter, that really set us up for, you know, a really strong back end of the game. And I think it probably deflated Sturt a little bit as well that we were able to score so heavily against that breeze. So, yeah, certainly a day that was memorable, but um, you know, Serta are a really proud side and expected if we come up against them in the back half of the year that that, um, mm. you know, that result won't certainly be inevitable. Now, from an outsider's point of view, you know, watching the competition and the Glenelg team really grow and develop over the last four or five years, it, from an outsider, it, it wasn't surprising, knowing Peter Kerry, the president, very well, that the change of the coach was made from uh, to Darren Rees. And it's it's just been interesting. Um, have you found the comparisons between, say, the previous coach and, and what Darren's doing? Yeah, look, it's really tough. We, we had, obviously, a fair bit of change in the list as well, um, which obviously makes a, a difference. I felt like, across the board, you know, even though we, we flew, I mean, we obviously competed for a premiership in 2021, um, I felt like they're probably, you know, slightly different focuses from coach to coach. I think, um, you know, Brett's focus is probably geared towards more of an offensive-minded style of game, which I think is... Um, you know, high-paced and, um, you know, particularly I think you, you know, come from the Giants, which are a really high-paced, high-skilled side. Um, and I think Darren's focus is probably centred more around, you know, team defence and, um, you know, and a focus on the contest too. So, look, realistically in the modern game, you know, everyone's trying to do the same thing to a degree. It's just how well you can execute. Um, I think some of the fundamental, uh, you know, probably guidelines and KPIs that we're measured on this year are, are different and, I think one of the things that we, you know, we're really grabbing onto as a unit is, is certainly the defensive stuff and, and being able to, you know, everyone contributing to try to turn the ball over as close to goal as possible. You know, we've got a terrific back six, um, but we don't want to put them under too much pressure every single mm. game. So um, I think it's everyone buying into that philosophy that I think has really helped catapult us into, you know, some really good form this year. Got a lot of experience through that side. Guys played a lot of footy together, including yourself. Uh, what about a couple of younger players that perhaps we haven't seen a lot of? Is there anyone stand out for you? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, Archie Lovelock's been playing a bit of football in recent weeks. He started the season in the uh, the sample, the league side, and I think he's got an enormous upside for us going forward as a forward and midfielder. Um, there's a couple of players that are playing in the reserves at the moment that are really pushing the door down for an opportunity, and um, guys like Jake Walker and Hayden Brokenshaw, um, you know, some of those guys I think are really, really um, pushing their way to, to try to make um, you know, some senior league football at their focus coming into the, you know, the back end of this year or next year. So I think across the, the line, like I mentioned at the start, we've got some great depth. Um, you know, we've got some really good ruck stocks now. Brock Carter's now played a little bit of footy over the last few weeks with Cam McGree going out. So we've got now a really good developing ruckman who I think is going to be, you know, forced down the line. So something we haven't probably had the, you know, the, the pleasure of having over the last couple of years is a really deep um, ruck department, which is so valuable, I think, in the modern game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've got a, a lot to be excited about for the future, that's for sure. You won all with Sturt this year. Adelaide, too, they, I mean, when they're full strength, they're an amazing side. They've lost a few players, though, particularly in their back line. They're all playing in the seniors. Um, the Crows, though, a uh, pretty good side? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the, our most recent loss um, came against the Crows, and we know that, you know, certainly whether they're fielding 14 or 16 AFL players, um, you know, they're going to be really hard to to contend with. They've got a really strong midfield. You know, they've got key options at either end of the ground. And obviously their list will be, it'll be dictated back into the year by, by injury, as we know on the AFL side with Ford as well. 
Um, so, you know, we're just ready to, to play against whatever style we do coming up against if we meet them later in the year. But certainly when they're up and going, they're highly skilled. Um, they're a lot more mature in terms of bodies and age now than probably what they were a few years ago. So that'll be definitely a challenge yeah. to come up against them later in the year. Now, just on a personal note, David's asked me to ask this question. I wouldn't have because I'm, I'm, I'm quite humble in this oh. regard. But there are some photos on the wall of previous state captains in the Sandful. And uh, it's nice to see your photo up there, Liam, as well. <laughs> Yeah, certainly a massive honour, Malcolm. I um, yeah, I was a Victorian moving over to SA and, and obviously coming to terms with the history of the competition. It was a massive honour that was you know bestowed on me by Jay Cheedy and the crew last year. And um, I'm really passionate about the state program. I think state footy is really really important. And um, yeah, to be able to you know add that sort of feather in the cap is something that I'll I'll definitely proud, be proud of long term. So um, yeah, it's certainly a, a massive honour. Now, Liam, that was Malcolm's question. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> no, no, hang on, hang on. No, it's just I thought it was. I, it was yeah, it's, maybe it's, I thought it's, it. a, it's a nod. It's a nod. Of course it's isn't an it? honour. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get it done too. Yeah, and yeah. so is Liam. Yeah, so is Liam. Yeah. Good on you, mate. Hey, mate. Yeah, good luck for the rest of the year, Liam. And Glenelg, as we said, fourteen-two. A couple more games in finals, and uh, yeah, for your sake, let's hope you're on top of a terrific year. Thanks very much. I appreciate your time, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll speak later in the year, hopefully. <laughs> Good yeah. stuff, Liam McBean there. Uh, time for the good old thanks to Cobram Estate, a premium Australian extra oh, virgin olive beautiful. oil. Good olive oil is good, isn't it? Yeah. You need the good stuff. Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Malcolm, I want to um, ask you, we spoke about the Matildas at the top, but all the, the young kids that are watching the Matildas, I saw the young girl that got Sam Kerr's jump and she yeah. was just beside herself, is it going to be a bit of a threat? AFLW have had a, a almost a, a free kick, I think. AFL have, mm-hmm. you know, they've funded everything. The girls getting, on average, 40 grand a year for 10 games. They've got the big brother pouring in the money. What does this do if Australia win the World Cup? And it, it's a frenzy all around Australia. Do you think a lot of the young girls will say, hey... We might look at soccer, particularly if the government tips in a lot of money and help them out. Yeah, sure. I mean, yes, I hope so, because that means the girls are playing sport, which would be great. But the issue with it is one of the things that the Sam Kerrs of the world have to do is go overseas to earn enough money. And I I guess that's the same for the soccer program. We call it football, the world game. There's not enough here, is there? There's enough, but not quite enough. So everyone would start to look at the EPL or, or Bayern Munich or Real Madrid, Real Madrid. I mean, they're the clubs that everyone sees as the big banner ones and they're the big cashiers. So, but it's a great start. And I just think the only thing I think is it might put more kids out training and playing a game, which I think is the advantage. If it grows from there, I don't know how you do that. I'm not an expert on that, but... Governments get behind it. Sponsorship gets behind it. Who knows? This may be the start of something that, that's actually quite beautiful. Yeah, gear up for winter toolkit depot, huge range of outdoor power equipment and winter workwear. The reason I say that, all the discussion about concussion. Yeah. Now, I know they don't even let a lot of the youngsters head the, head the ball, but there's going to be far less in soccer than what we've seen. The knees are being done in soccer. As I said, AFLW really need to get on their bike. They've been given a massive free kick. But the Matildas are coming. Soccer is coming. A lot of young girls want to play soccer. Yep. But I think the government has to really chip in a lot of money, you know, give them the stadiums, give them, uh, make the competition stronger. Yeah, and then it's got to pay for itself eventually. You know, eventually if they get on TV. Now, look, I, I enjoy watching the Australian women's cricket team. Oh, that, well, they They're have improved. Yeah. But, but 
that that's what I'm saying. I love women's sport. I read a great column about we shouldn't be forced to watch it, but it should take care of itself. The quality and the Matildas are quality. Mm. The cricket's quality. Yeah. And if you get quality, you you'll bring you bring people through the turnstiles. Well, I just watched the netball again with Patsy, the Australian. We're talking about a holiday for the Matildas. What about yeah? And they get the, paid the, nothing. Yeah, the, the girls in the netball have won the world championship again, and they really don't get. It's really unfair, fair. isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I we said that last week too. The Diamonds win yeah. uh, the world championship. I think they got paid virtually nothing. Yeah. Uh, the soccer players don't get paid a lot either. No. But um, the AFLW and, and cricket are certainly making their mark there. But look, it's interesting. I just wonder maybe it gets a a sugar hit. Then we go back to to what we know. You know, <laughs> like World Cups do. But boy, if they can win it, it's going to be fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, two to go. Two games. Two games. That's all, England, and then yeah. and who knows? Yes. They beat England, the 50-50 chance. Of Absolutely. It, maybe even more. Okay, that's, Malcolm, just about it for us tonight. Uh, another wonderful show. Great to have you back too, by the way. Oh, thank you, David. It's the nice p- to be here again. Best thing about it, we'll do it all again tomorrow between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye, David.